This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? <laughs> Expecto Patronum! Sam. Yes, boss. It's December 1941 in Casablanca. What time is it in New York? My watch stopped. I bet they're asleep in New York. I bet they're asleep all over America. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin. Today, we are throwing back, can you believe it, 80 years to 1942 and Casablanca. Can you believe it is a great way to start this review, I think, because Casablanca is one of those films that it may be 80 years old, but every time I rewatch it, I'm struck by how truly timeless it feels. Um, And, you know, you say this about a lot of films, um, but the fact that this is sort of quite distinctly set in um, a particular period in history, but then it also feels so mature and real and adult and and emotional, but also subtle. Something about all of those elements makes it feel like you could watch it 80 years later, 100 years later, and it would still resonate with the person watching. I also think we've asked this about a bunch of old movies, but does anyone else remember this movie being in colour? Or is that just a memory thing? Because when I watched it again, I was like, how is this movie in black and white? I think we remember the posters. Because the posters are in colour. It's the posters. And every time the movie starts, I'm like, I don't remember this being in black and white. In my memory, the movie's in in full technicolour. You know, (laughs) that's how it's projected. For a second, I thought there was going to be a screen wipe. And then then I thought, no, 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 hold on. Um, Because I'm going to say, this is... Maybe the most snobbish thing I've ever said on Popcorn Culture, so prepare yourselves. Um, But I think that one of my favourite things about Casablanca is the lighting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, because at at some points I would just stare at shadows and go, oh my God, that's art. Chiaroscuro. And then I'd feel like a real like film snob and pull myself back. You feel a bit like a turd, right? But then you're watching the light play off on like Ingrid Bergman's face and or watching Humphrey Bogart in silhouette and you're just like, the lighting. Lighting. For me, it's the shadow of the palm tree that falls on like characters. Like you can see the shadows of the palm tree and you're like, oh. And yet it was all French shot kiss. in Los Angeles in a studio. I mean, you can tell. Kind yeah. of, you know, sometimes. You can, yeah. Honestly, the opening sequence with the globe, right, in which yeah. we're setting up the um, why it is that so many refugees and migrants end up in Casablanca. Um, I had a moment of thinking, wow, that's such a beautiful effect. How are they getting the wisps? And then I realized that's a papier-mâché globe. <laughs> but, but it's, you know, it's really beautiful. Um, that, that's the classic us saying practical effects are the best thing ever. Look, we laugh. We laugh, right? But I do think that Casablanca is such a great example of how you don't need a whole lot of effects or even exotic locales if you have a great story and great performance. Um, this film wasn't supposed to be anything much. It was a play that people didn't think would make a good film, ended up being filmed anyway. Uh, Ingrid Bergman was new. Humphrey Bogart was sort of over the hill by this point in his character. Um, And then the movie came out and 80 years later, we're still talking about it. 
the the thing about Casablanca is, I mean, you say that it's not supposed to be anything much, anything big, right? But the thing is, this movie feels like the sequel to a movie that already happened. So the actual movie is the flashback, like the stuff that happens in the past. Like that's the actual romantic adventure and how they meet, the meet cute. Uh, the whole the whole saga happens in like five to ten minutes tops, five minutes, not even ten minutes. Um, and this is like the aftermath, like the stuff that they don't tell you about the one point five. And it's so weird that the the point five is Casablanca, which has become like one of the most iconic movies in Hollywood history. Uh, it takes place in this club. Most of the scenes, like they don't go anywhere far. They don't even show you much scenery of, of anything of Casablanca. Choices that gave this movie its aesthetic and, and its whole vibe, basically. So the thing about it is, uh, tomorrow we're going to be talking about Matkilao. Right, um, which also has its uh, its roots of storytelling in history and in um, opposing an enemy, and Casablanca is a wartime film, 1942, mm. and it's it's quite explicit about that. the The Nazis are, are depicted in a very specific way. Um, the the complex, you know, where's France? What is French soil? All that stuff is being played out. But I think that um, what Casablanca manages to do is it manages to let you know where you are and how it is that you're supposed to be feeling about politics, and I'm using politics here in in quotation marks, um, while not focusing on that and not letting the ball drop on this little story between Rick, Ilsa and Laszlo, whom I have complicated feelings about. But, um, you know, it, it kind of it manages that balance or it understands how to make a film be about a moment in history, be about a war, even present a particular argument for one side of things without losing sight of its story and its characters' motivations. Does it shock you guys every time you rewatch it that the movie's actually only an hour and a half long? Mm-hmm. Um, because I mm-hmm. know this, I forget it, because of how much it manages to pack in. All of those things you just said, Lynn, the fact that it's about war, it's about refugees, it's about a love story. It's about a love story that already has a significant past. In fact, it's about two love stories, right? And the story of uh, one is the story of two relationships. It's a story of um, Casablanca itself, all of the different complicated dynamics of the different people there. And yet it is actually a very short film. By today's standards, it's practically uh, an episode of Stranger Things, right? And yet it manages to do so much within that space. It manages to give you... um, a really clear picture of who each of these characters are, even the side characters, with with very little time on screen for each of them. So are we really not spoiling this movie that's 80 years old? Like no, how much, no. How much I, can we say? I think we can go to town. It's 80. It's if you 80 haven't seen it old. by now, yeah. you know. So I found out something um, while watching and then after that reading up on the film, which is that the ending was partly preordained by the Code of Conduct, by or rather by the Code of Content. Yes. So actually, uh, which does not allow a woman to leave her husband on screen. So in other words, um, hey, old Hollywood spoiling itself. It's not even us. A lot of this film um, and the choices they make Mm. um, about what they can show, what happens between Rick and Ilsa. Firstly, you you can't depict people who aren't married having sex in any way on screen. And then the fact that she was a married woman and you can't show like infidelity unless she was then painted as a scarlet woman. Ah, man, I wanted to make like, I wanted to give the movie so much credit for those choices. And now I know that it was something like said in some guidebook somewhere. Um, No, I wanted to say that the, 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 it's not, it's not a love triangle, but it's a triangle. 
um, they don't actually set villains in that triangle, mm. which would have been so easy, right? So if you have like the husband, you know, and he's like so, sort of a jerk, it makes it so much easier for the audience to not like him and go like, oh, he's questionable. And, you know, it's like debatable whether he's a good person. Um, in this in this case, that doesn't happen. Um, and you actually feel sort of conflicted. Like, you know, who's who's the, the better person here? Who's the good one? Were the choices uh, correct? You know, what is the, is this actually a romance or just something that they are pretending to do? Um, and all those questions I thought were very, very bold of the movie. Again, before I knew that it was just like, like preordained and now it's like, ah, okay. No, but they had to work out how they were going to get there in a satisfying way, right? So yeah. I think um, credit where it's due, while they always knew that they had to do it this way, I think the grace is in how they got there. And um, that comes all the way down to even things like the, the final sentence of the movie, which has now passed into like, you know, Hollywood law. Um, and that was a last minute choice. It's a dub. Um, that mm. There was originally another line. And so I, I, I think that a lot of the construction of the movie comes down to the kind of grace that they wanted to show these characters. Um, and the reason why we care so much about these 90 minute characters is the performance, which I think we can talk about. I mean, I mean, they're really good. Oh, the performances in this film are so good. It's like every frame when you see them talking or bouncing off each other, you don't want it to end. And yet you also want to see what happens next. Mm. Um, they don't have a right to be this good in uh, with, with something that seems relatively simple. And yet... You've heard Humphrey Bogart say of all the gin joints in all the towns and all the world. And, and you've heard him say it. You know he's going to say it. And yet when he says it, it still like punches you in the heart. Just so um, Ingrid Bergman, beautiful, doesn't have to be talented. And yet every line she says has so many layers of meaning. Even Victor Laszlo, um, Paul Henry, right? He has such an elegance to the way he plays his role that... Um, yeah, you nobody's a villain and you kind of feel sad for everyone trapped in this really awful global situation. Hotel California kind of club. <laughs> yes. Hotel, yeah, yeah. 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 Hotel, Rick's Casablanca, I suppose, yeah. yeah. Um, so I had one note for this movie and it just says, Humphrey Bogart, question mark, dot, 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 good looking, question mark. And- <laughs> <laughs> which, is an actual, which is an actual question that I had. And I think we've spoken about this before, right? Um, for all Hollywood standards, he's not the best looking sort of leading man, if that's safe to say. Man, we talked about it a lot on African Queen, we which did. was the yeah. other thing we threw back to. Yeah, And he was a lot older then. Yes. But um, he fits that role a little better too, I think, in that he doesn't necessarily have to be good looking. Here, it's weird that he's not and yet, you don't care. He's a Benedict Cumberbatch because he's so charismatic at what he does that you don't even care what he looks like. Like, like you honestly, you don't care what his face looks like or how you... There's nothing to do with the walk oh, or the I've style. Oh, I've never made the Cumberbatch link until you just said it, but you're right. But he is, right? They're very similar. Even even the faces are actually quite mm-hmm. similar. Mm-hmm. So I want to shout out Ori Kelly, um, who is actually the costume designer for Casablanca, because I think that um, Ori Kelly did a lot of heavy lifting when it comes to the character of Humphrey Bogart, There's a, or rather the character of Rick Blaine. There is a reason why people still do this Halloween outfit, why people still show up in a white jacket and refuse to sit down and drink with customers and you're just <laughs> swan around like with, with a glass in their hand. Um, I actually think that the, the jacket... The trench coats, all these things um, kind of go a long way towards painting Humphrey Bogart as dashing um, when mm. he actually, if you if you were to look at him um, or if you just watch him kind of move through a scene, you know, might not necessarily be how you would describe him. 
He's also two or three inches shorter than Ingrid Bergman and had to have him on boxes or cushions for their scenes. I know I'm ruining this film for people. No, no, I, I don't think so. My, my point is actually that against all odds, these scenes work. They work so well, despite the fact that you wouldn't think they would. Against all odds, he works. And I think yes. because he carries so much of the movie, I think he carries most of it. It's yeah. safe to say like 80, 85%. It's just him, right? Him and his one-liners and his dialogue and his uh, drinks his, his drinks and his wittiness um, is saying something. It's like it really is against all odds. I never appreciated Captain uh, Louis Renault. Um, in past viewings, I never appreciated Claude Rains, but now he's kind of my hero. I mean, if there's anybody who like manages to negotiate the horrors of Casablanca, it's that guy. So with Casablanca, I find that with different viewings, I sort of glom on to different characters. Um, this one, it was definitely uh, Claude Rains and and uh, you know playing Captain Renault. He was so he's so funny. He brings a lot of levity to his scenes. This doesn't say anything good about you or I. I know, right? He's a horrible <laughs> character. Because the He's second person I glommed on to was Victor Laszlo. So I think this viewing for me really was a sort of, oh, these awful people, not so awful after all. Huh? Um, yeah. but, but I think it's the performances, actually. I, I thought the actors who play these characters take characters that are actually really quite unlikable and do something really quite smart with them. And they're supporting characters, which I think makes it even more interesting. Quite smart is one. It also gives them like redemption arcs, like weird redemption arcs. Yes. And then you find like the weirdest pairings just walking off into the sunset, you know, like I I, was, I did not expect this to go this way. Like this is not the ending I had in mind for Casablanca, <laughs> at least the first time you watch it. Actually, yeah, if you, if you don't know what happens and you end up with this ending, like, you're going to be like, what the heck is this? Like, why is this a romance? Like, what did I just watch? <laughs> Thank you, Code of Conduct. You know, it's, it's more or less what it is. We're talking today about Casablanca, which is 80 this year. It's unbelievable. Um, I mean, have you watched it? Uh, do you enjoy it? WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Bodacious, fabulous minds. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Play it once, Sam, for all time's sake. I don't know what you mean, Miss Elsa. Play it, Sam. Play as time goes by. Sing it, Sam. You must remember this. A kiss is just a kiss. A sigh is just a sigh. The Fundamental things apply as time goes by. Hello, everybody. You are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin. We've been waxing lyrical about Casablanca, which turned 80 this year. Um, it was directed by Michael Curtis. It stars um, Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman, Paul Henry, who I feel less affection for. Um, <laughs> I We don't have a lot of time left in the show. I wanted to posit a question to both of you. Can we watch Casablanca in a neutral way? Or is it impossible because it comes with all the baggage of greatness? Um, with the, as time goes by, with of all the gin joints, with the here's looking at you, kid. Is it possible to watch Casablanca in a neutral sense? I love it. I think it's a great film. But I cannot tell whether I... That's my own thought. <laughs> or like, you know. Mm -hmm. The yeah. closest I can come to it is trying to remember the very first time I watched it. Um, and that was a good 20 years ago, I think. And I knew the place it held, but I also didn't have any attachment to it whatsoever. I watched it and I, I remember thinking, 
I get why this movie is supposed to be one of the best of all time. Uh, but since then, I cannot. Because since then, I'm now already like, oh my God, it's the best film. Um, so yeah, I think it's very difficult. I think even if you don't have attachment to it, it's probably impossible to watch it. Like Godfather, it might be quite difficult. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what mm. I was thinking about because Arvin managed for Godfather. But, you know, you and I couldn't. Yes, that's mm, true. Mm, mm. Um, so for me, I, I didn't... Like, I mean, by default, I knew, like, this movie is, is something else, right? So I think I liked it even before I watched it for the first time. Like, you know you're going to end up liking some part of it. Um, I didn't think it was so great in the sense that it's a it's a production marvel or, you know, it's, it's so beyond, you know, ahead of its time or anything like that. But it's a really good movie. That's what I ended up uh, coming out with the, the first time I saw it. Um, that it was such a, it's such a clean, cozy, easy to watch, accessible film. And maybe that's why it worked. But yeah, I, I don't think I don't think I watched it in a with like a neutral lens. I, there's no way because you you hear so much about Casablanca that the moment it opens, you're like, okay, this is Casablanca. Mm. Yeah, that's exactly it. Because the story is, I mean, if we look at contemporary criticism, right, when it was released, people, a lot of people enjoyed it, but a lot of others also said, well, you know, it's not really that thrilling, or um, it's very melodramatic, which it is, by the way. The amount of times people go. <laughs> And then, like, look away <laughs> sharply. I'm like, oh, beautiful. How, what exquisite emoting. Um, but if we look at those criticisms, I understand it. I can see where it's coming from. I'm like, yeah, it is kind of melodramatic and it is a sort of run-of-the-mill romantic drama. I understand all the criticisms. I agree with it. And yet, there's something, and I think this comes down to that ineffable chemistry that happens sometimes on screen, where everything just goes right where the the pacing of it is great an hour 40 fantastic you know nice runtime um the chemistry between Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman is just so unimaginably perfect that it's hard it's hard it makes all the other stuff go yeah I know but yeah I think it is I think it's one of the things about this is at least it doesn't disappoint you. There have been films mm. that are held up to be greats that when you rewatch it devoid of that context, devoid of that time, uh, with no attachment to those actors, because I'm not particularly attached to Humphrey Bogart or Ingrid Bergman. It's different from like, say, a Catherine Hepburn, who I have a lot of like attachment to, right? Um, but this one, I think, wouldn't disappoint you. You may not like the way it looks. Not everyone likes the pacing of these old films. But I think with Casablanca, you won't be disappointed by the story because it is actually a genuinely good, clever story. Clever and also makes you question yourself because it's basically about someone cheating on her spouse, right? And you're like... Hmm. It makes you question how far you'd go for a person and what you'd be willing to do. Um, hmm. And I think those are actually very complicated, complex questions. No, and also doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and who by? Doing the right thing for yourself, mm -hmm. doing the right thing for others. Um, and it manages to do that without the greater cause, capital G, capital C, coming in and swallowing up the whole movie, which again is very important. I You mentioned earlier... Um, older films and pacing. I actually think Casablanca feels quite contemporary. Right? I'm not sure why. I don't know whether it's the the fact that it clips along. I don't know whether Sam helps. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. But every time I've watched it, I've never felt that feeling of, oh, this is from a different time. Instead, it just feels like I'm meeting an old friend at different points. No, the pacing of it actually, again, was something that surprised me this time around. Um, it doesn't feel like a long, drawn-out black and white film. It is actually very, um, it feels very modern and fresh. I mean, that being said, though, uh, remake, yes, no. 
No, can no. can happen, cannot happen. Because this Never. is a very this is a very Quentin Tarantino film, if you think about it. It's yeah. very dialogue heavy, it takes place in a in a single space. Um I was actually thinking that with with the right filmmaker, this could be a really good remake. I'm just gonna say repeat no again and again. <laughs> no. No, no. Uh I will say that there were moments with her low voice and her smile that I was like, hmm. If they were ever to do an Ingrid Bergman biopic, she's had a very interesting life. Um that Rosamund Pike is kind of correctish. Oh, frightening. Uh, yeah. but, but not not enough of warmth. No, no. Uh, but you don't know. Ah, that's true. You don't true. know. She's a good actress. <laughs> um, but now that you're saying these things, you know the first person that came to mind who they're going to tap to play Rick is probably Miles Teller, so no. <laughs> oh, yeah, then Is no. it not Miles Teller? It's, it's, it, Miles, it's Miles, Miles Teller, Teller right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's who they'd yeah. go for. No, then no. I, I was thinking John Hamm, but no. Oh. Depends how old. Rick is supposed to be 37. <laughs> Oh, Except, yeah, 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 he's that, supposed to be 37. <laughs> Humphrey Bogart was 44, looks nearly 50. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that's one work of fiction in this movie. Is it, is it 37? I'm like, yeah, there's no way. I know, when yeah. they said it, I, I looked at him and I thought, okay, sure, <laughs> like, let, let's buy into that. All right, today we have been talking about Casablanca, which turned 80. Um, I mean, just still processing. Let us know, have you fallen in love with Rick and Elsa as well uh, WhatsApp us 018-789-8899 tweet us at BFM Radio write to us at movies at bfm.my The fundamental things apply as time goes by Thank you for listening to this podcast To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.